Hello and welcome to the Gospel Boldly podcast, where we confess with St. John that these things are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. We're your hosts, I'm Thomas Lemke. And I am Pastor Eric Brown. And On this we are... first episode, hey. Yeah, just a little quick background. Thomas and I have been doing our own podcast for a while, and we've been asked by Higher Things to to shift on over, join the Higher Things family, as it were, and to do a podcast that really focuses on, you know, Bible study, because, you know, the Bible is really kind of cool and awesome. And so we've done other stuff. Our old show used to be called, what was it called, Thomas? The Canada Joy Show. Yeah, you can go hunt down and find that. We've done lots and lots of stuff there, but we are starting a new and fresh, and we're going to go and look at what book... What, what, what book are we looking at? Well, we're starting in the one that gives us our, our little introduction there, the Gospel of John, as a matter of fact. Our little catchphrase to start off. It's a great way to think about how you read the Bible. Because, I mean, you don't just pick up the Bible and say, oh, well, I wonder what we can get it. You can get lots of information from the Bible. But what is the point of the Bible? These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So really... When we're going to be looking through the Gospel of John, we're going to be reading it, remembering what John tells us the point is, to see Jesus, to see who he is and what he has done for us, because we have been gospeled. We have been given the good news of God, Christ Jesus, his death and resurrection, and that's what we're going to dive on into. Boldly, one would hope. All right. That that also plays off of something else that we remember. The scripture interprets the scripture. If I want to understand the front part of John, I should know what's going on at the back and all that. So we'll probably bounce around from various things and places. Um, just some background. Thomas and I used to live together in the same place in Oklahoma. And, you know, well, now I'm in Illinois. He's further south in Oklahoma. But we're still, like, talking about Jesus and such. Technologies so. are wonderful, wonderful bridge gapper. Gap, yeah, bridge, yeah. bridge gapper. Gap bridger. There right. we go. A- anything else about yourself? If any of you are in the Norman, Oklahoma area and would like to buy a new car, you can uh, go contact Thomas and he can sell you something. <laughs> if, if any of you are up in uh, south of Chicago and, and want to come to church on a Saturday night or a Sunday, you can swing by and see me. Otherwise, we're happy to have you listen. There so. you have it. Well, with that introduction out of the way in that case, shall we jump on to the introduction to the Gospel of John instead? Let's get on in it. All right. So, beginning with John chapter 1, verse 1, as one would hope and think. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause right there. Good. I'm if glad. I just say, in the beginning, what do you think of, Thomas? One harkens all the way back to Genesis 1. Right. And this is one of the things that, that shows what, is, what John is doing. You don't just start off your book, In the Beginning, unless you're playing off of Genesis, because that's how Genesis, the first book of the Bible, begins. In the beginning, what in Genesis? Well, in Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right, all right. So so John is taking us all the way back to the beginning, to God creating. And what does he point out? In the beginning was the word. Hey, hey, Thomas, in Genesis, how does God create? By speaking. All right, so, so God says, let there be light, and there's light. Let the earth bring forth apple trees, and there are apple trees, and all that type of stuff, right? So so right away, we get in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, all right? Right. But how does that Word relate to God? 
the word is with God and the word was God. Or, or in Greek, it actually says God was the word. And this is one of the important things that you're going to get here in John. So often when we think of God, we'll, we'll kind of put God up in this like oh, pedestal area and kind of like can't think about him. Da, 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 da. The point John makes is the way that we understand and deal with and interact with God is through Jesus. Hey, what does Jesus say later in John? I am the... Well, well a lot of things. We get well, a lot yeah, of I am statements. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to get a lot of I am. Uh, I am the way... Truth and the life. No man cometh to the Father... But by me. Right. And this, I mean, even at the very beginning, first one, one, John is setting up this truth. Because the way we interact with, with the Godhead, with the triune God, Jesus is the one who talks and does stuff and creates. Uh, we confess this in the, the, the creed, by him all things were made. This is that whole idea. So right away, John says, when we're talking about Jesus and the rest of this book, I want you to know who it is that we're talking about. We're talking about God. There you go. Track and follow? Good enough introduction. I love it. All right. Verse 2. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. You, you don't get any time of dealing with God apart from the word. Nope, they're, they're both there in the beginning, eternal, da-da-da-da-da. And everything that exists comes about through Jesus. Now, got, got a question for you. Sure. Thomas, do you exist? Yes. Do, do I exist? Yes. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, we do, do our listeners exist? Hopefully they exist. <laughs> That's more questionable. Right, right, right. Well, I, I'm assuming that if you were listening to this, you do exist. It's, um, if a podcast is, falls in the wilderness <laughs> and there's no one around to put in their earbuds... Does it exist? Anyway. Uh, that, that's, too, that's too high for us. But anyway, <laughs> a lot of times we'll come across people who ask, do you have a relationship with Jesus? The answer here is everyone has a relationship with Jesus if they exist. And that relationship is, <laughs> yeah, you exist because Jesus is the word by which you were created. Mm -hmm. And so it, it really just sets up a, a frame John writes, and whoever you are, if you are hearing this, we're dealing not just with some abstract God, not maybe with a local deity. Think, think about, ooh, when John writes that you've got the Romans running around, what type of gods did the Romans have? Deities with their own boundaries and provinces, like, you know, yeah, one for the sea, you've got one for the heavens, one for the underworld, and then a bunch of others with their own little specialties. Yeah, they they were sort of like sports teams or restaurants. I mean, you 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 pick and choose. I I I like Zeus and I do a lot of stuff, but I I, I don't really do much with 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 Athena or Minerva. But or, see, I live in Athens, and so Athena is my painter deity. Right, right. Or or I mean, we're we're good mature Romans. We don't deal with like Baal or or the Isis. That's a too Egyptian. Or or maybe we like to dig Egyptian stuff, so we like have a nice little temple to ISIS set up. So, I mean, it was sort of pick and choose, like like what you do with restaurants. Like, I like Burger King, but not McDonald's or something. That was their <laughs> approach to God. I'm a Mac guy. You're a PC. I mean, who? All right. Thomas, do you have to interact with Burger King if you don't want to? No. No, and I don't. This is not my way. I do not want it right away. I will not interact with Burger King. 
that was almost sort of the approach they had to deities, to gods in, in the ancient world. Right away, John cuts this off. No, no, no. I'm not talking about someone that you get to ignore. I'm talking about the person who is the cause of your existence. You don't get to run away from Jesus. You, don't, you, you exist solely because of him. All things were made through him and was not anything made that was made. You're, you exist. You have a relationship to Jesus. You can't get away from it. Fair enough. All right. True that. Cool All right. Ah, verse four. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, are a lot of folks not necessarily aware of who Jesus is and what he has done for them? I would say that's a true statement, yes. Are, are a lot of people not re- not aware of the fact that they have life, both existence now and then also, well, salvation that is won by Jesus? Are, are they not aware of it? Right. In him is life. That's the reality. And folks aren't aware of it. Does the ignorance of people topple Jesus? Not whatsoever. See, Thomas, if you and I and and everyone we know all stopped going to Burger King and said, no, we don't want it, down with the Whopper, what would happen to Burger King? (laughs) It would fold, man. Have to file the old chapter 11. It'd be gone. Now, if you have a bunch of people ignoring Jesus, does that make Jesus shut down? <laughs> no. Does that, that close down God? No, it, it doesn't. That Jesus is in charge, and he exists, and, and he creates, and that's the reality of it. We, we don't get to change that. Do you ever see the movie? Well, it was the remake, and maybe it was in the original as well, this, this whole story arc but in the clash of the titans the remade where all the gods are losing power because nobody believes in them anymore and the old ways are fading and they all start getting old and feeble because they don't have enough worshipers now i haven't seen it but that's almost a, a plausible description of what the old worldview was well no no that's not the reality the only thing i know about that one is release the kraken <laughs> old liam neeson yeah yeah it's like yeah, a Jedi's wanting to leash a, a Kraken. That's kind of fun. Uh, well, I think that one came out right while I had a little infant, so that was not a date night film for us. Not worth your time. For <laughs> not, for no. our listeners, the old one, which is before my time as well as yours, is uh, is better for sure. Oh well, this is one of the things. Appreciate the camp of old films. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, they ha- didn't they have, like, stop-motion animation and, like, claymation, claymation monster? Almost? Oh, yeah, claymation Medusa and things. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it's funny and hideous. All right, which which actually is kind of appropriate for Medusa, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> All right. So what we have here with the, these first beginning of, of John is just the great setting of the stage of what's going to be going on in the book. We are talking about Jesus, who is God, who is the reason you exist. And you know what? Darkness fights against him. Darkness tries to to obscure him, to hide him, to cover him up. And you know what? It's not going to happen. It's not going to conquer him. Jesus does win. In fact, okay, the 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 last book of the Bible that we have is Revelation, mm-hmm. a book that many people get very confused about. I can sum up Revelation in two words. Are you ready? Ready. Go for it. Jesus wins. Ah. If you want my expanded take on Revelation, 
uh, seven words or so. It might get a little weird, but Jesus wins. Because <laughs> that's the entirety of the book. In fact, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sidestep. A lot of times people will look at Revelation and they'll use it as a book to make us all scared and afraid. Oh, what's going to happen? Well, if you look at it, John, when he introduces himself in Revelation, says, I, John, you're a partner in the tribulation. Hey, hey, Thomas, Thomas, uh-huh, right, if, yeah. if, if he's our partner in the tribulation, when does the tribulation happen? As he's writing, one would think. Yeah, so if someone's talking about, well, here's how you have to be wary of the tribulation that is to come. No, 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 John's writing present tense. And then also, the other thing is, if they come up and say, you need to be worried about this, these are scary things. What's the first thing Jesus says in Revelation? Peace. Actually, don't be afraid. Oh, okay. You're not. That's that's peace, the other time he shows up. Peace is a good guess. Peace is. Oh, we'll, we'll we'll end up talking about peace more in 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 the Gospel of John, I'm sure. Oh yeah. But so it's just yeah. No, the the point is, look, even though there is darkness, darkness does not overcome the light. This story is it, it's going to look bleak here at points. Are there points in the Gospel of John where things look to be going badly for Jesus? Absolutely. Now that's going to be going to be one of the themes. Themes things often look bad for Jesus in the Gospel of John, but the truth is the light shines in the darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. No, Jesus is going to win. That we're we're, we're going to get there. Don't worry. It, it's it's all going to come out in the wash. So, all right, all right. Sounds does, good. Does that, does that work for a good little introduction? Yeah, absolutely. Our first uh, section is gone without a hitch. I'll say. Any other just random thoughts before we uh, slide off into a break? Not for me at this point in time, but I'm sure given time to think, I'll have some when we come back. All right. Have a good one, y'all. And we're back to the... uh, Gospel Boldy Podcast. I had to remember the new name. And, and we're, we're, we're diving into the Gospel of John. And uh, the, the way this normally works is I'll, I'll end up doing quite a bit of the talking and I'll feel bad. But that, that's I, I'm a pastor. We, we tend to talk for a living. That's well, sad, but we do. You but, have the background in education as well, so it, it makes sense. But, but I do want to brag on Thomas here. Thomas is an expert, and I will call him an expert on apologetics on defending the Christian faith. So he's really good at that. And he's also very good at asking questions. Now, did you have any questions for me yet or, or, or are they coming up? No, I'll, I'll go ahead and ask. Oh, okay. All right. All right. This throws back to verse number one already. All right. That we went by uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. You have two posed relationships here for the word and God. One is that the word was God and one is that the word was with God. Help me understand, is this a premonition of the Trinity? Is this kind of diving into how Jesus can be God and with God at the same time? I, I assume the God that he's with is the Father, right? Mm-hmm. So break, break that apart a little bit for me. I, I think, I think you, you, asked, you answered the question really well in asking it. You have with God and is God. You can make a distinction between the Father and Jesus, there, you can say Jesus is with the Father, but yet at the same time, they both are God. Mm-hmm. So there is that, that, that unity that is there. And so really, you do get a setting up for how the Godhead, how, how the Trinity 
works. Not that we can understand this. Thomas, how well do you understand how your own body functions? Um, well, considering I studied, I had a whole lot of biology and organic chemistry classes in college better than most, but I'm still a long ways away from complete and total mastery over the subject. <laughs> right. I mean, our, our own existence is complicated. Imagine how it complicated, much more so complicated, would be the existence of God and how he exists. That's that, fair. That's, that, that's above my pay grade. Right. Rather, I will confess, and I will confess that, that, the, that Jesus is with God and is God, and, and how that works. Man, I, I can't even tell you how my, the braking system on my car works really well. So I'm not, <laughs> so, but, uh, oh, and, well, you studied a lot of organic chemistry. Did you need that to sell cars or? or? <laughs> no, that was my, my previous career as a dietitian that that was for. All right, there you go. So my background beyond just being like pastry type stuff, studied the classics, so ancient Greek and stuff, and then Japanese history. There you go. I rarely get to use my Japanese history skills in my my current gig of the past. <laughs> but if you hear me randomly bring up Japanese stuff, that, that's why. So, there you go. A, any other thoughts or questions? No, that, that was spot on. I mean, that is dealing with the Trinity. I don't have any on that first paragraph. Should we move on? Yeah, let's go on. Start up, start up at six. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I, I will bring up one. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah. Go, go. Start okay. with six. Yeah. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Pause there. Okay. Now, to, to heighten the sense that, that John here, the, the author, is really playing off of things we should know from Genesis. What, what, what is that Greek word for there was there? Um, I don't have the Greek in front of me. Was it Ain or something? Oh, again. Oh, okay. Again, There came, the there, there became. There. Right, right. It's the same word that we get for Genesis. Egenito. Uh-huh. So, yeah, he's really hearkening off, playing off of, yeah, I'm starting Genesis type stuff. Highly. Why? Well, Genesis is how scripture begins. What it, what's John writing here? He's writing scripture. So setting up everything. All right. And so then you just have, ah, there's a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, this is not John, the writer of the Gospel of John. Right. This is, we, we generally call him John the Baptist. One of the interesting things that John, the author of John, does is he never calls himself by name. Uh, if you get reference to John, John will refer to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Does that seem arrogant to you, Thomas? Uh, it did until you explained it to me for the first time a couple of years ago. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you don't have to say that I was the one that explained it. I, it, it well, you it, did. It, it strikes as odd, but in the ancient world, it was customary not to refer to yourself by name in the book. Right. It just seemed kind of too arrogant. The other thing, if I just say... I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. We think it means, oh, yeah, because I was so awesome. Uh Actually, it meant the opposite. It meant Jesus must have really (laughs) loved me to put up with me. So it's sort of like, um, I don't know, uh, if you have a, a, a pet that is difficult, and yet you still take care of it, you must really love it. Mm-hmm. That's almost the idea here that, that John plays off with that. So, But that'll come up later. So, Okay. All right. All right. But anyway, now we have John the Baptist, and he is sent by God. All right? Okay. 
7. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. All right, so you have John the Baptist coming, and he is being a witness. He He's the forerunner. He's announcing, hey, all right, <laughs> Jesus, the creator, is coming. The Messiah is coming. All right, woo, get ready for it. And uh, how's that going to go for him? Well, as we learned in Mark, if, if listeners would tune in back to that Count Joy show uh, episode, not well. <laughs> John the Baptist is interesting. We, uh, If you read the other Gospels, he, he's the wild prophet who just kind of shows up out by the Jordan. He's baptizing, wears camel hair, and eats locust and wild honey. Blah, blah, blah. When John writes his Gospel, he expects that you know who John is. And and the point he makes is John just kind of shows up preaching, doesn't kind of roll into it. It's just bam, he's there, and well, he points to Jesus and what happens to him. What is the world's reaction to to John? Um, ultimately, death and demise, yeah, and they and, want to yeah. want to squash it. So nope. But what does he do? He bears witness about the light. There you go. All right, Let, let's slide on in. Okay. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. All right, John here is bringing up that that terrible irony. Here you have Jesus, God himself, the creator, coming to his creation to bring life and salvation and light and everything that is good and what happens? The the world that he created wah, 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 <laughs> he just doesn't recognize him, doesn't pay attention. He came to his own people. Okay? He was born of the Jewish bloodlines, and, and, and he even sent a, a prophet to them. The, the Jewish people are used to getting prophets from God. And even with John there, the Baptist, pointing out, saying, here he is, here he's coming, what well, by and large was the reaction there? Again, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and so it's just this, wait, this is a great thing, and yet, how often is the reaction good? Not good at all. Mm-hmm. So that sounds really kind of dire, doesn't it? It does. Thomas, how often in our lives do we always expect things to go well? Um, it depends on our level of pessimism versus optimism uh, <laughs> scale, I suppose. How I'll, I'll rephrase the question. How often <laughs> do things in life go well? Now you're asking if I'm pessimistic or optimistic. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Uh, not, not often. Just I'll be realistic for a moment and say not often. I, I, I don't think any of the folks listening are going to have a week where everything worked out the way they wanted that's true. You get a Ooh, B when you wanted an A in this class, and your best friend is time. flirting with your girlfriend. And yeah, <laughs> I, I hate to tell it to y'all, but but most of the things coming up in this semester, there are going to be things that go sideways. That that's just the reality of life in the world. Look, look, even things go sideways for Jesus. He made the world, and yet things go sideways for him when he becomes man and is walking around on on earth. That that's just the way of it. Mm-hmm. So. All right, it's looking bad, but but is always a great big word of importance. It's a, a shift. So while we've been talking about things are bad, 
we get verse 12. So 12 and 13, take these. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. All right. Here's the great difference. Yeah, lots of people ignore Jesus. It happened then, still happens today. But to those who receive Jesus, who believe in him, who, who have been given the gift of faith, who know that Jesus has died for their sins, what are we? Children of God. Not just, not just creatures anymore, but children, part of the family. Hey, if I just say children of God, do you think of anything else, Thomas? Um... There's Involves a movie water. called that, I think. <laughs> Baptism, of course. Okay. Well, no, I mean, here you're getting to reference. This, this is a reference to being part of the church, that, that, that we're incorporated into the body of Christ, that we receive forgiveness and life in his name. And note how we get this. We are born, born again will be coming up a big theme in, in John chapter 3. Oh, yeah. We're not of blood. We're, we're not a Christian because of our heritage because of whom our parents were, because of our bloodline. It's not that, oh, well, if you were Jewish, you get to be saved. It's not now, oh, well, you're, if you happen to be Swedish, you lucked out. <laughs> it, 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 it's not about our bloodlines, nor is it of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. It, it's not just something that happens because we're, we're animals and that's what animals do, nor is it a matter of, uh, how, how'd you like that? That was kind yeah, of good. there you go. Uh, nor, nor is it a matter of the will of man. It's not a matter of a decision that I make, that I, I, I chose Jesus. No, no, that, that was the thinking of the ancient world. You're not choosing Jesus over Jupiter. You're not choosing the Whopper over a Big Mac. It's not about our decision. It's not about being marketed to. How are we born? Of God, from God. What happens is God comes to us and brings himself to us and gives himself to us. So really, this is, this is mind-boggling, staggering stuff. God comes down and gives himself. The light of the world reveals himself to us. And so that is what you're saying is he calls us his children, and so we are. Oh, you know, that sounds familiar. Who, who says that and where, Thomas? Same guy we're reading, but different book. John, I think it's book one, or First, his first epistle. First John chapter 3. See what there kind of go. love the Father has for us. That we should be called children of God, and so we are. Yeah, this is, I mean, this, this is all God at work stuff. This is one of the great things. When you read the scriptures, you see more and more that it's God at work for you. When we talk about the things that we're supposed to do, we, we can call that law. We, we like to call that law as Lutherans. And what happens if it's something that you or I am supposed to do? Well, I, I guess maybe I'll have to re-ask you the question. What, if it, <laughs> what are you asking? <laughs> okay, now here, here's an example. How well do we do the things that we're instructed to do by God? Not well. Paul would say, do How the well things does, we don't want and don't do the things we do. How well does Thomas answer the questions I just randomly throw at him? Depends not on if I'm checking the clock to see how <laughs> far we've gotten until the break or not. <laughs> so, I mean, th this is the reality. When, when we have the instructions uh, from God in the scriptures, and, and yes, while we strive after doing them, we, we see that we mess up, we fall short. But yet the, the other good news, the giant great butt of happiness and joy that, that 
that changes the way we see and understand things. God himself does things for us. God says, I see that you fail. I will jump on in and I will do it myself. I will do it myself for you. And that is that good news of, of life and salvation. We're not born by our own strength because our own strength is frail and falters, but rather of God. God's the one who does it. Because God does it, we can rest securely in it. All right. All right. Cool beans. Good deal. Well, in that case, we'll go off to the break, and our listeners will be able to find out exactly what the Inquisition is coming up next afterwards. begins the Inquisition! The Inquisition! What a show! The Inquisition! Here we go! We know you're wishing that we'd go away! But the Inquisition's here and it's here to stay! And welcome back to the Gospel Boldly podcast, and we are at the part of the show that we call the Inquisition. Now, we will gladly take questions from you guys. Uh, you can put those up at the moment on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash gospelboldly. Uh, eventually, we'll get like other stuff and other ways of contacting up, but, but we will gladly take your questions. And what we'll do here is Thomas and I will like to, to each answer a question using our own various backgrounds. And, and hey, we'll, we'll play off of probably some of what we've gotten so far. So as today, as we haven't like gotten anything in an inbox yet because we don't even really have one of them set up yet, we will each ask each other a question. So mm-hmm. Thomas, do you want to ask first or be asked first? I will go ahead and ask you. All right. And here's my do question. Your worst. So we talked in our little opening about our approach to Scripture and kind of what we'll be doing on the show. Let's expand that a little bit for a minute, though. We are Lutherans, the two of us. Part of higher things, obviously, wouldn't be any other way. What is the Lutheran approach to Scripture? That is, the approach of Martin Luther personally, and however else you might want to address that question. The, the approach that we have is sola scriptura, that is, by Scripture alone. When we, we look for truth about God, we look to his word. We don't go by necessarily our thoughts. We don't look to our feelings. Why, why do we not look to our thoughts? Because I have plenty of stupid thoughts. Why do we not look to our feelings? My feelings change all the time. God's word is pure and solid and sure. And so with that, we, uh, we look to God's word. I have a, a pastor friend of mine, Pastor Daniel Mackey, and he said, the thing that makes Lutherans tick is that we understand that the Word of God is both true and powerful. The Word of God is true. When we want to find truth about spiritual things, we look to the Word of God. We don't look anywhere else. And we also understand that the Word of God is powerful. Why is the Word of God powerful? Because it comes from God. And so God's Word is powerful. In Genesis, when God says, let there be light, there is light. Likewise, when the Word tells us that we are forgiven— we are forgiven. And what we get to do is we get to take this word and we get to speak it out. So, so 
Thomas, when I, when you get to tell your wife that she is forgiven, what is she? Forgiven. I mean, this we we hold in our hands the powerful word of God, proclaiming truths of awesomeness, and and that's the point. And so, really, we we recognize that the scripture is cool, that the word of God is wonderful, and so we try to like keep paying attention to it. Because I mean, it, it makes sense. All right, all right. Does that work? Yeah, thank you. Okay. All right. I've got my question for you. Okay. I had said that you are good at apologetics, Thomas. What is apologetics and what is it good for? Well, the most fundamental definition I could probably give is apologetics is a defense of something in, in the Christian context, of course, a defense of the faith. So what is it, First Peter or is it Second Peter? I'll go with First Peter <laughs> three fifteen. I should probably have that one on the top of my head. Peter says somewhere. Peter says yes, the old style of citation. Uh that uh we should be ready at all times to give a defense for the faith, the hope that is within us. So apologetics specifically is that art, craft, study, if you will, of defending the faith against the thorns and barbs of unbelief that come from really anywhere in our modern age and and ever since the fall. Uh, That can be in the form of logic, rhetoric. Um, C.S. Lewis has a category of uh, soft apologetics where it's, it's more through story and things like that, which I've actually been studying a bit more recently. That's kind of fascinating. So it can come from multiple angles, but the very bottom line answer to your question is it is a reasoned defense of the faith. Now, let me bring this up. For our listeners, if you come across people who give you a hard time about being a Christian and you are not sure how to respond, send in your question. And, and we'll, we'll bounce it off of Thomas. And, and he's actually really good at breaking stuff down and figuring out and guiding on, on how you can like handle stuff. There you go. No, no pressure there for you, Thomas. None, none whatsoever. No, we haven't no, no, no. put the pedestal too high here at all. <laughs> this is how Thomas earns his keep on the show. <laughs> we, we don't get paid for this, do we? I don't <laughs> we think earn so. nothing. Woo-hoo. All right. So, all right. That, that, that's what we'll do. And we'll gladly take your questions, send them on in. But other than that, let's go dive back in for a little bit more in John. Agreed. All right. We were about to hit uh, verse 14, if I recall. Starting up at John 1, verse 14. All right. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. All right. John is speeding us through the Old Testament. You don't realize it, but John just took up almost half of the Old Testament right there. All right. So the word became flesh, and and, and what did you have in English, and what among us? Dwelt is the English rendering here in the ESV. This almost every translation puts it as dwelt, but the actual Greek there, and this I, I will go to Greek on occasion. It, it, it's good, good. The Greek word there is eskenomen, which is the word for well, actually it's skin or seen. Uh, it refers to a tent. What's a tent made out of? Back in the old days, skin, like of all kinds. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, it's actually where we get the modern word scene. Because, like, if you had a, uh-huh. a play, your scene was the backdrop. And what was it made out of? It was made out of a tent skin. In the Old Testament, after, the, after they, they get delivered from Israel, uh, Israel gets delivered from Egypt. That works better. And they're wandering around in the desert. And even when they get into to the Holy Land, they have what's called the tabernacle. Uh-huh. All right. And what is the tabern- tabernacle, Thomas? The residing place of God, the place where his glory dwelt. 
right? I mean, that, that's where God would come to be present with his people. That was the center of worship and all that awesome stuff. It was the high point. What was the big thing that, that they carried around and put in the tabernacle? Ark of the Covenant containing the Book of the Law, the Ten Commandments, the... Uh... Some manna, other things. <laughs> yeah, lots of stuff. All right. I mean that 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 was the center place of religion. Uh, it 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 was a tent, and so when you have John saying that the Word became flesh, he became a human being, and that is how he tabernacled. That's how just you know in the Old Testament, oh, God was present amongst His people in 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 you know the tabernacle, and then what replaces the tabernacle? The temple. The temple, oh, yeah, you know, God was present there. Well, this is actually how God came to be present with us in Jesus Christ. Who, in fact, uh, you know, d- doesn't Jesus end up saying, "Tear down this temple, and I will rebuild it in three days"? Yeah, exactly. And, and what was he talking about? <laughs> not that, not the stone building anymore, because that that's been replaced. The new tabernacle, the new temple, the new dwelling place of God with His people, is in the man, Jesus Christ. And this is one of the great things. When we talk about Jesus coming to be with us, he doesn't come in just an abstract way. He, he, he comes as a real human being. Right, even right now, this very moment, does Jesus have a body? He ascended with a body, so yes, he still has a body. <laughs> D- does Jesus know what it's like to eat? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, and in fact, this is one of the things that, that we confess. We talk about the Lord's Supper. Hey, Thomas, what is the Lord's Supper? It is bread and wine, but, and it is Jesus' body and blood in, with, and under the bread and wine. Is there a catechism question that that deals with that? Oh, the sacrament of the altar, yes. I I, I was given a a catechism question, Thomas. What what is the Lord's Supper? It's the true body and blood of our Lord. Oh, you were actually asking, yes. (laughs) Of our Lord Jesus Christ under the bread and wine for us Christians to eat and to drink instituted by Christ himself. Right. And again, what what is that? That is the way that the word comes to dwell with us wherever we're at. Think, Think about how wondrous this is. Back in the day, if I wanted to go to the place where the glory of God was, I had to get on a camel or a boat or just start walking and get to Jerusalem. Right. Right. And was it always easy to do in the ancient world? No. I mean, you'd have skirmishes, territories changing, different government regulations depending on your era. It, it was a mess. It was a difficult thing. And yet we can have listeners around the globe. We have Christians in every place, almost every country in the world. And what does God do? Jesus says, yeah, I, I will come and dwell with you where you are at. Because that's what Jesus does, and Jesus is cool that way. There you go. And, and yeah, if we want to experience God's glory, his presence, his forgiveness, his life, his salvation— Jesus comes to us where we are in the church. We 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 come to to his church as he has called us and and we receive his life, salvation, and forgiveness. So makes sense? Makes sense. All right. Th- think we can get through 18? Yeah. I think so. I Let's think so. Do this. We'll get through 18. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. 
there's a lot going on there. Oh, yeah. And it basically wraps up the entirety of the Old Testament. You know, you had a lot of stuff going on in the Old Testament. You had the law given by Moses. You had the, the creation of, of Israel as a people. And again, the whole point of that is to point the Messiah is coming. The, the, Messiah, the, the promised seed of Abraham by whom all the nations of the world are going to be blessed. They're going to come. The Messiah is going to come. That Come from us Jewish folks here, all right? And now Jesus is here, and that is the point. He, he, he ranks much higher than me. John was pretty cool as a prophet. Now I, I ain't got nothing on Jesus, because, man, he was here before me. He was before Moses. He was before anything. Mm-hmm. He outranks us all. And what does he do? He brings, we have received grace upon grace. If I just say grace upon grace, what does that kind of sound like? Uh, immeasurable amounts, grace, graceful amounts of grace. <laughs> is is the grace, is the mercy, is the love, is the forgiveness of Christ Jesus ever going to run out? No, 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 no. We we could go to the Burger King and they could be out of Whoppers. Oh, there was so. a problem with the shipping. Oh no, that that's never going to happen with Jesus at the at. at it's not going to happen with the church. There's never going to come a Sunday where I'm going to have to walk up to the pulp and say, well, I, I would have liked to forgive you guys this week, but, uh, well, Jesus just ran out of forgiveness. Sorry. <laughs> you, you guys were just so lousy this past week. There is no more forgiveness. That, or or I, I'm not even going to be. They were so lousy down over in, in, in Oklahoma that it got used up. The supply tr- No, that, that everything is, there, there's fullness in Christ. So whereas the, the law of Moses said, all right, do this and you can live, and we don't do it, and we, we're, we're shown our sin and that we're going to be doomed to condemnation, Jesus comes and says, no, no, I, I'm going to take care of all that condemnation for you, and I am going to give you grace. Now, here's something important to remember. Okay. Is grace free? Um. You hear people say that it is, but of course it's not. It was purchased at a price, just as we were purchased oh, with a price, but, right? Oh, okay, okay. I, I, I should put it this way. Okay. Who is it free to? Well, it's free to us. It's free to us. Yes. But does that mean that it was cheap or without a cost? Not at all. What we're going to be seeing here is we're going to be seeing what Jesus does to win us forgiveness. And it is a costly thing. It's not a, a, a cheap or worthless thing that he does. He is going to put up with tons of stuff. In fact, he's going to bear the entire sins of the world as we're going to get in, in, in the next, probably next, next time, next episode. But he gives all this, all that he has done, he gives to us freely. We don't bear the cost of it at all. He bears it all. And in fact, you know what? This is what God wants. We we don't see God in the abstract. No. Nope. Rather, this is how God comes to us. All right, I want you to look at Jesus. I want you to receive from me, through him, all this good stuff. He is the word of God. He is God himself. And here's your salvation. And ah. And that's what 18, verse 18 is referring to, right? That no one has ever seen God, but God, that is Christ, who's at the Father's side, has made him known. We know the Father through him and his forgiveness as such. We, we don't deal directly with the Father. Rather, we deal with Jesus. And that's a good, good thing. It, whenever, we'll get this up, when, whenever they hear the Father speak directly, it freaks them out. <laughs> Jesus is much easier to handle. So that'll yeah. be a good thing.
All right. All right. Any other thoughts or questions? No, that about wraps up our first episode of the Gospel to Boldly podcast. So I appreciate you all listening, and we should be back next week at the same time, whatever that ends up being. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, have fun with us uh, next time as we go through more John 1. <laughs> <laughs>